This is Listen Likely, the show that keeps you up to date on all things happening in and around the Lakeland area. Here's your chance to plan your family activities and learn more about what your city government and your neighbors are doing to make Lakeland a great place to live, work, and play. Good morning and thank you for joining us for the June edition of the Listen Lakeland Radio Show, a show highlighting people, places, events, and organizations that make our community an exceptional place to call home. I'm Laura Rodriguez um, from Lakeland Vision, and we're kicking off this morning's show with our profile segment, and I'm pleased to have with us Lakeland's new city assistant city manager, Emily Colon. Emily came to us from Pasco County, where she served as the program administrator for the Eternal Services Branch Departments. Um, Emily, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Sure. And I'm so glad that you were able to come in today and really give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you, the newest addition to our city management team. (laughs) Um, Now, you have been involved in the government for several years. What was it that made you decide to pursue a career in the public sector? Okay, so my start in government's a little different or unique, I would say. I uh, graduated college during the recession, so it was a little bit different, and I went into private sector, and, you know, one day I told my now husband, you know, I'm not really making a difference, Mm -hmm. and he kind of laughed and said, of course you're not, you're in the private sector, Oh yeah. (laughs) and I was doing sales, so he, so that's where I kind of did a little bit of soul searching and went back and decided to change career paths into the public sector. Okay, was that through education? Did you go back to school? Yep, so I did, um, I went back and I started my graduate degree. I worked for the University of South Florida and Mm -hmm. I got a graduate degree in public administration. Okay. And then I started doing, I was working full time and then I was taking on internships and different experiences to make sure that I wasn't just going to graduate school to to avoid the recession, right? (laughs) but that I was actually making a career out of it. Okay, yeah, I understand. I'm on that. I had that same path. Um, well, I went to undergrad for political science, and I was the same way. I was yeah. like, I don't want this to just be. You know, I really want to go this route, and I did the same thing. Um, and I know that you are obviously very new in this role, and it may be too early to answer this question, but probably not. Um, but what has been the biggest surprise or learning experience that you've had since you've started here at City of Lakeland? So I would say during the interview process is something that kind of I suspected or that's something that the appeal was was that how passionate and how involved and interested everyone is in the city mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily just the city government just the city as a whole and sure. how uh, dedicated and loyal both right. you know the city employees and the community partners mm-hmm. and I think that has only been it has only grown since I've gotten here. That's so awesome. Having moved to the community and even just meeting the neighbors, everyone is sure. So yeah, that's like it's the outside looking in. Yeah. So you can say that you had a little bit different perspective from someone like me who's lived here forever. Yep. Nope. So I thought it coming in on the outside. Yeah. I felt it during the interview process, and now having moving moved here and working here, it's definitely have been confirmed. So awesome. Far. Well, that's good to yeah. know because I feel like that too, and I feel like most people that I know, but they've been here forever, feel yeah. that way as well. But to hear that someone you know coming into the community experience that as well it's like well good I'm glad to know our fellow citizens are feeling that way I think that I was a little bit nervous about being a quote-unquote outsider oh yeah well I'm not from Lakeland you Mm -hmm. know I don't have generation of roots here so I was a little bit nervous about that and I, I think it's been 
good. It's almost like comical to me to be like, oh my gosh, everyone is so sweet and welcoming. So why why did I even have that in my head? Yes. Well, I'm glad to know there was a warm welcome for you. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully everyone else that comes into this community. Um, Well, speaking of, you know, now that you are officially at a Lakelander, and I say that because you live here now, you have your own house, place to call home. Um, But where are you originally from? Where were you born? So I was born and raised in Minnesota in a city... Uh, right outside of Minneapolis. Okay. So uh, I grew up in the suburbs. Uh, it's called Maple Grove. Oh, that's <laughs> such an idealic name, <laughs> yeah. Maple Grove. Yeah, so um, that's where I was born and raised, and I came down to Florida for college. Oh, okay. Um, on a volleyball scholarship, so. Wow, yeah. and then just decided to stay. Well, I wasn't, was it because I wasn't of the planning on staying, <laughs> to okay. be honest. I wasn't planning on going back either, because no. you escape the winter, you never want to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I met my husband. Okay, so. wow. Yeah. And now here you are. <laughs> yep. A Floridian. <laughs> now I don't ever want to leave. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I can't imagine. I've lived here in Lakeland my whole life, and when I see the winters, and a couple times I've been on trips during winter, I'm like, how do people do this? Yeah. But I come from Florida, so yeah. I just no, I still think that. <laughs> have very, what is it, thin skin, I guess, yep. when it comes to cold weather. <laughs> um, well, and what was the professional? I know you kind of you hit on that, on how mm-hmm. you got into the public se- sector, but how did you, you know, go from graduate school and, you know, move along until, you know, here you are today? Sure. So um, during graduate school, I worked full-time for the University of South Florida, and I did high-ability recruiting for the admissions office, Okay. and I did scholarship. So I was the scholarship coordinator. That's when they had their four campuses. So I did a lot of numbers work. And then I did an internship with the city manager's office for the city in Newport Ritchie. Okay. And then I worked for Senator Marco Rubio. Okay. um, His constituent services office. That was during his um, big four (coughs) or um, his immigration reform. Right. So it was a very... um, Very familiar with that. Popular... Mm -hmm. uh, topic to talk about no matter how you felt about it so that was a little bit of frontline work there oh yes and then I um, (laughs) from there worked for um, Governor Rick Scott during his first term as a gubernatorial fellow so it's a year-long nonpartisan program it just you work with whoever the governor is in office it happened to be Governor Rick Scott during his first term Mm -hmm. and I commuted to Tallahassee oh my gosh for a year so it was um a good experience i can imagine what was the like was that once a week or um so to give you so my schedule for a year uh, i was finishing grad school i was already married and we owned a home in pasco and uh working in tallahassee so i would go to school monday night for my thesis class from mm-hmm. 6 to nine thirty at usf in tampa Oh and then gosh. at nine thirty, when we got out, I drive straight to Tallahassee, <gasps> about four, four and a half hours. Yes, I had an apartment there that pretty much just had a mattress on the floor and like a folding table as a desk. Oh my goodness! And then I'd work um, in the state Tuesday through Friday. I do ten hour days, and then at night oh, I would work goodness. remotely for USF on the computer in the apartment. And then I would Friday after I got off work, I would drive home to pass with my husband, and then I would work and do grad school work uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday till I just repeated my week. Oh my gosh! And yeah. like just hearing that, <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, so I did it for a year, and it, that's why I say, oh my gosh! Thank God it was just a year. <laughs> I know, and that's um, a true example. Of like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Because yeah, I think it, not many people could handle that schedule. Oh my gosh! So it was the best experience. Really? I learned so much so fast. Oh, good. It was all about I'm learning. Glad it was worthwhile. How to be um, a leader in the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. So we took different policy trips all over the state. Oh, it wow. definitely has given me the the pers- 
uh, perspective of state government and now sure. working in the local government, you know. Oh yeah. When we have to partner with the state well agencies, connected there. It's it's a lot and more enlightening, I would yes. say, to so understand sure. what's going on. Well, that was quite an investment you made, so I'm just glad it's paying <laughs> off. <laughs> so, then, so then from there, um, I actually started with Paso County directly mm -hmm. from there. So they thought, oh, you know, you're going to want to work in state government, you know, because yeah, you're sure. it's very glamorous. But I always, my heart has always been in local government. Okay. So I kind of did the experience with the senator and then mm -hmm. the governor just to kind of experience the federal right. and state level. And then came back to local government. So that's when I started with Pasco. Okay. Uh, Pasco County in 2014. Okay. And so for the last five years, I've taken on various roles in Pasco County. I started in the budget office, uh, was the budget manager over the team of analysts. I worked in the fleet department. Mm -hmm. I worked in, I was the purchasing, the interim purchasing director at one point. Okay. Um, and the program administrator is where we last ending. came from. Yep. So More the program elected. administrator helps uh, the seven departments that are internally serving to the county. So I helped okay. IT, HR, you know. Yeah, you got a lot of experience yeah. in Pasco County with a lot of different roles yeah. there. Yeah, it was fun. has got to be helpful now. And then that was your last place before. Yep. and so then right from Pasco came to Lakeland. Okay, well gosh, we're lucky to have yeah. you with all that experience and education under your belt. Um, well, and then flipping over all that, all the business talk, but another title that you hold is mom. And do you mind sharing with us a little bit about your family? Sure. Um, so I am a proud mom. <laughs> I have two little girls, my husband and I, we have a three-year-old, Isabella, and then we have, she's gonna be six months old tomorrow, so Mila. Oh. So we have two little girls. Little, to keep little us busy. girls. Yep, little, yes, little. Do. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite sleeping through the night, so. <laughs> oh my gosh, so okay. could you compare motherhood with the two very little ones in your job here with that one year um, doing the fellowship at the state? At the I just thank God which I is didn't harder. have kids. Because yeah. <laughs> kids are so unpredictable, you know. When yes. I was doing my, yes, my crazy with what the state, to expect. it was completely, I can control most of it. Now it's. Yes. Kids are the variable. Yes, absolutely. And you know, you think that you can reason with a three-year-old mm -hmm. and then she proves you wrong. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's why I asked that question because I yeah. am also the mother of two young girls and I, um, you know, I just figured you might have that same experience. Yeah. You know, you want them to be such like strong, independent women, and then you're like, but a little less strong today. Like, a little maybe, less maybe strong Maybe say that for today. your dad when he needs to get that's dressed. That's right, absolutely. <laughs> a little bit of grace here would be yeah. a long way. Yep. Yeah, sometimes they just don't take that into consideration, <laughs> I've realized. Um, now, you know, Lakeland, so many people really just consider Lakeland such a family-friendly city, and I know I sure do. Um, I wonder, in your time since moving here, have you all found any favorite spots or activities that you enjoy? So, so far, I mean, we're definitely in, still in the exploring phase, mm -hmm. uh, trying to go to different places and different things. I would say a couple of favorites to the clone family already are, I think my daughter asked to go to Explorations 5 about oh, yeah. <laughs> five times a week. I think she's like on a steady three time a week schedule right oh, now. that's good. Yep. You must have passes. Did you get yep. the pass? Yep. Yes. Of course. And that's then um, she loves Common Ground mm. and even the, um, the Barnett Family Park right here because yeah. of the splash pad that they put oh, in. Oh, good. They say my kids haven't even experienced the splash oh, yeah. park yet. We need to make sure that's on our summer calendar. Well, so, that's good. Yeah. And um, any favorite restaurants or um, food venues? So, so far. Because <laughs> we, we did have a little talk before we started yeah, recording. That's so why I, I think every weekend uh, we get some donuts <laughs> from uh -huh. Poland One Donuts. And even if we get them in the city, I try to not do it on the weekend, but I get vetoed by my husband. Yeah. So we've been doing that, and I think I've drank. I've, I have a little post-it note on my 
my computer of all the different coffee shops to, oh, to try and good. count. So. so many good ones. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, good. Well, you're definitely um, making your way yeah. around and, <laughs> and learning. But I think that there's still, I know there's things I still haven't even experienced, so, which is a good problem to have. Yeah. To there's a lot to do. Things. Well, good. Well, we're glad you're here and glad that you're, you're in- integrating in to yeah, the, to the fun you. as well. Uh, now we've come to a point in our um, profile segment that I like to call a lightning round. And um, I'm going to ask you a series of seemingly random questions that give us insight into who you are. A little okay. bit of insight. Um, so here are your questions. Morning person or night person? Uh, definitely a morning person. Morning person. How early? Uh, as early as I can get. <gasps> <laughs> all right. Favorite movie of all time? I would have to say, embarrassingly so, Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, is the glass half empty or ha- half full? And more importantly, what is in that glass? Okay. So I would definitely say it's half full mm-hmm. and the glass has milk in it. Milk. <laughs> Being from the Midwest, I drink quite a bit of milk. Okay. Wow. And finally, who do you admire the most and why? So I would say my grandmother okay. and just because she's always seen the positive any mm. any situation she can just flip the switch and you're like wow i didn't hmm, i didn't see it that positively she's that she's a glass half full girl too, yeah huh? i mean i think the glass is always full <laughs> with her yeah. yeah that's awesome that's wonderful and does she live up in minnesota uh she passed yep oh she did yep, but she, okay she's but that's from where minnesota. she was yep. okay yep. well it's good that you carry that positive attitude yeah. with you <laughs> Um, now, with a job and a young family, it really just seems impossible that you may ever have any free time. Um, but if you ever find yourself with a little bit, what are your favorite hobbies or activities or pastimes to enjoy? So I would definitely say anything active. Uh, I, I mean, I say tentatively that I like working out, but I can't tell you the last time I worked out. Okay. <laughs> but if I did, that but would be... But if you had the time, yeah, that that's would be, what you would do. That would be great. <laughs> Get on the schedule with that. Sure. Um, I do like to read for fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite author is Janet Ivanovich. Oh, okay. So kind of like a funny, funny mystery mm-hmm. type. Uh, let's see. And I like to craft. I, um, I enjoy hand lettering, which is like the modern day calligraphy. Oh, yeah, okay. Kind of different. That's neat. I, I have not even heard of that. But my mom does calligraphy and I've okay. never learned it, but I love it. I appreciate yes. it so much. So it's probably something I should look into. My mom has like perfect penmanship. Mm-hmm. You know, she thinks so. My, my penmanship isn't perfect, but yeah, I can make no. it pretty. Well, that's good to <laughs> yeah. know. I need to look into that. What's that called again? Hand lettering. Hand lettering. Yep. Okay. Very neat. Well, my final question as we close this segment this today is what kind of positive change do you hope that you will bring to Lakeland through your work in city management? So I hope that I can just be an advocate in the community to be neighborly and relatable. And I, I hope that, you know, everyone's going to get to know me and I'm going to get to know everyone and I can just help bridge the partnerships between the city and the sure, community absolutely. Uh, further that along. Well, I think you're well on your way to that for sure. And I know that that's probably a very welcome um, goal because some people are intimidated by government, you know, or they don't feel comfortable. And when they have that face and a relatability, that makes a huge difference. At the end of the day, I'm just another citizen, another neighbor. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And um, Emily, just really, it's been a pleasure to get to know you more. And we just thank you for your candor this morning. Yeah, thank you so much. Really, most importantly, your leadership here at the city. Thank you. This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all things happening in and around the Lakeland area. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Listen Lakeland Radio Show, and we are now moving into our education and services segment. And it is a pleasure to have with me Connie Bamberg, Dr. Daniel Haight, and Chuck Stickler in the studio this morning. And Connie is the Executive Director of Citizen CPR. Dr. Haight is the Vice President of Community Health for Lakeland Regional Health and serves on the Medical Advisory Panel for Citizen CPR. And Chuck Stickler is the Assistant Baseball Coach at Santa Fe High School. Connie, Dr. Haight, Chuck, Thank you so much for coming in and joining me today. Thank you, Laura. So folks may be wondering what representatives from Citizen CPR have to do with a baseball coach from Santa Fe High School. Can you all share the connection? Why why are you here together this morning? Oh, the story is is wonderful, actually. Um, So I'll let Coach Stickler share how we we got introduced. Yeah, (laughs) Um, we were at a uh, baseball game, Santa Fe versus Lakeland Christian at Lakeland Christian's facility. And um, in the fifth inning, um, I just, there was a period of two or three seconds where I felt really hot, really dizzy, really nauseated. And the next thing I woke up and there was 50 people standing over me and I had no idea why they were there or how I got there or anything else. Wow. And, you know, obviously you had gone unconscious um, and you received some services while, you know, when you went unconscious, some things happened, um, you know, to kind of get you coming back to what what was done. The um, the trainer um, from Lakeland Christian uh, was uh, versed in CPR and AED training. Um, he is a trainer himself. Um, the umpire that was there that night uh, behind the plate was a 30-year EMT. Um, so several of them had training. And uh, what had happened was um, I went into a rhythm with my heart uh, where I was not going to come out of that and they applied CPR and then the AED and at that time it told them to go ahead and shock me and they did. They started another round of CPR and they got about five compressions into it Mm -hmm. and I sat up and started breathing and was fully conscious. Oh my goodness and had you realized when you woke up what had happened you have no no clue idea. no recollection no i i remember being on the stool given signs i remember the game situation i remember everything to that point and then i remember like i said two or three seconds of being hot dizzy sick re- to my stomach you remembered that yeah okay. and that's the last thing i remember until mm. i see all these people peering down at me Oh my! Goodness. But one of the first things his cardiologist remembers is him waking up in the hospital saying, "I have to get out in the community and talk to people." <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Which is how he came to me. <clears throat> yeah, he was literally um, within minutes of just really regrouping and mm-hmm. getting his senses and in the hospital getting well taken care of. He said, "How do I get out and talk oh, to yeah. folks about how important this is?" And fortunately, Dr. Canto um, has a good tie with uh, the Citizen CPR oh, sure. organization, so that's well, how un- we found yeah. Coach. Understandable so gosh, yeah. the connection's amazing it's it's so important that, and I up until that point I was not a huge uh, proponent or didn't see the necessity really? in AED even though I was CPR trained mm-hmm. um, 
the AED was not as important as I understand how it is now. Sure. After my, obviously my <laughs> saving, mm -hmm. but just understanding behind everything, how important it is. Mm -hmm. Well, and some of us uh, who are not um, medically, who have a medical background may not pick up from what you just said is that had this not been performed if the defibrillator had not been available, if someone hadn't been trained on CPR, and if you had been alone, what was the outcome? What there's, would it have been? There's a, a statistical chance that's staggering, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be alive. Oh my goodness. And, and if you are alive, the small percentage that does live, uh, I think they said 95% of those are comatose or vegetative oh or on a ventilator. And wow. it's not like in television. They, they actually studied this when you watch television and all those medical shows and mm -hmm. people have a cardiac arrest right. and they show what they do. The survival on television is much greater. <laughs> just to make sure. a good story, you know. Sure. So it's actually the reverse, you know. Even um, even in a hospital, if somebody has an arrest, it can be very difficult to come through that lab. Sure. Well, you know, and as I was preparing for the interview today, I was looking at the American Heart Association website, and one of the statistics that just stood out to me was that 80% of people who suffer from a cardiac um, situation outside of the hospital die. I mean, that's such a grim statistic. Um, however. However, when you know properly, you know CPR and defibrillator use is um, properly and promptly performed, um, dramatic increase in survival rates. And they talk about the um, first responders, mm -hmm. the average time for a first responder, I, I guess in Lakeland, from what they explained to me, was nine to 12 minutes right. mm -hmm. so if it's nine to 12 minutes and you're not breathing and your oh, heart's gosh, not yeah. beating uh that's why that statistic is it's so, so high <clears throat> that's yeah. damage being done to your heart to your brain correct Organs. and you know the sooner that you can get that started up again and get that bridge to the hospital yeah. where they can definitively fix mm -hmm. things that's timing is critical bystander right. involvement absolutely bystander absolutely involvement. well and dr hate medically speaking like you know when someone experiences the medical situation similar to chuck's um you know you kind of just touched on it but what's going on inside the body that you know caused his unconsciousness that caused him to fall over um you know that what what's happening well, our hearts have this wonderful inborn feature where it creates its own electricity and with electricity comes a contraction of the muscles and it's mm -hmm. such well organized in a normal heart the the top of the heart will squeeze putting blood into the bottom of the heart then the electrical current reaches the bottom of the heart causing it to squeeze and blood flows out of the heart getting oxygenated blood to the rest of the body or the lungs what a wonderful you know system electrically mm -hmm. forming but if something goes wrong with that electrical pathway, and it can go wrong for many reasons, not just a heart attack or a, a circulation blockage, there could be many other reasons why the electricity doesn't sure. go the right direction. Uh -huh. It just starts to quiver. The heart quivers, and that's wow. called fibrillation. It okay. fibrillates, quivers, and now no blood is flowing. And within seconds, you pass out. You may feel it at first for a few <laughs> seconds, <laughs> and then you pass yes, out. You and this cannot continue because without the heart wow. pumping the fibrillation is not working so you need to defibrillate mm -hmm. and the best way to do that is with an electrical reset so you okay. give an electrical shock that's the defibrillation now fortunately we have these machines that are starting to see in the community you'll see them in, in church buildings and in public places mm -hmm. they're automatic and they are external. You, you know, you can shock the heart from the inside during surgery, but here we're talking about shocking the heart right. with the pads on the outside of the chest. 
And those being external, that's how we get the AED. It's mm. automatic external defibrillation. Okay. And that shocking the heart resets it and helps the heart start the normal beating. And again, uh, getting the person to 911, transported to the hospital, they can start the definitive what caused this because it can recur sure. seconds later. Oh. Um, wonderful story here on how just the one shock reset the system. Right. Uh, other situations, say in a heart attack, it may not reset it permanently. Mm -hmm. The person will go back into defibrillation. They need to get to a hospital quickly to whatever the problem is, fix the blockage, sure. or find out uh, what's causing electric electrical malfunction. Mm -hmm. So if someone had a heart attack at a baseball game or at the mall or wherever it happens, would the defibrillator help? Absol it absolutely. You know, it, okay. it, and the defibrillators are automatic. It knows when to shock. It knows when it not does. to shock. Yes. Wow. But it may not be a heart attack. Sometimes this can be just an electrical problem, okay. and the person will pass out, have the same serious consequences, and you need to have the shock to reset it. Sure. CPR to keep the blood keep flowing. Going. And that's where this community training is so important. Oh, absolutely. And that, that was my issue is there was no heart attack but the electrical issue off. got off wired and it needed the AED to get it back going back again. Well people you know listening I mean me listening to your story and you know I'm sure some of our listeners are, are gonna have the same question what causes your electrical stuff to go off track like I mean is that something that <clears throat> builds up is that associated with heart disease or is that just something that can happen well sometimes it can be an, a number of things you can develop fast beating hearts with uh, stimulants like caffeine and other oh, things you can, okay. you can have something that you were born with that uh, with under the wrong kind of stress and exertion okay the, the, the heart has because you were born with a slightly misshapen heart mm -hmm. the electrical pattern flows the wrong direction okay you also have things that might have been little minor damages done not a full heart attack mm -hmm. but, but uh, irritation to the heart that again the heart can't conduct the electricity normally and then other folks that we have things called electrolytes like potassium mm -hmm. and other things that allow electricity to flow the right way you get way out of balance that could send the heart into beating abnormally. And it could be medicine side effects. You put the wrong oh. two medicine. You might be saying, oh, I'm taking this medicine for this condition for sure. my sinuses or my stomach, mm. but then I'm being given an antibiotic. Right. And they interact to cause the heart to not wow. send the electricity the right way. And there you have the same exact situation. And, and you know, CPR is that bridge to the automatic defibrillator, mm -hmm. defibrillator getting you to the hospital because these things won't get better on their own. You have to get to a hospital to sort out what yeah. caused it. And I know Chuck is probably, the, you know, he <laughs> can't speak enough about somebody Stepping jumping in, in mm -hmm. and, and, you know, saying, I know what to do and I can help him. Yeah, Yeah. the uh, Jordan Allen was the trainer and uh, forever will be intertwined with him now for, for that one reason, you know, yeah. because yeah. I had a condition that they don't know why it happened but it occurred and um, he jumped in and was the person that was willing to take the yeah. task on and uh, and you know had some assistance with some other people but mm -hmm. he uh, basically jumped right in they uh, my time lapse was probably a minute and a half to two minutes Wow. versus that nine to 15 oh, minutes yeah. and that's basically what saved my life and mm -hmm. uh, caused no cognitive issues yeah. and as we close today what kind of encouragement do you want to give others um, to, to just 
know why this is so important and why they need to be educated? Well, um, I think first and foremost is thanking the good Lord that um, there were people in place that, that knew what to do. And you can't, you can't express that enough that the training is of all things that I could tell you to take away from today, the training, getting it, and learning how to use these things is the most important. You know, Connie, if any of our listeners that are um, tuned in this morning want to learn more or even better, sign up yes. for a class, yes, um, what's the best way for them to connect with you all? One of two ways. Um, we obviously have a, a, an office phone that mm-hmm. we take calls daily. Um, okay. And I want to also remind folks that you don't have to be a healthcare employee or working in the healthcare industry to get CPR training. So it is for the lay people as well. Yeah, and okay. we have public classes for the lay person. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also conduct private classes and we'll okay. go to companies to conduct classes okay. so that they don't have to go off-site. Um, but you can look on our website okay. uh, to see our calendar, which is probably the fastest, easiest way just to see what classes are available. And that's at um, citizencprinc.com. Uh, so again, citizencprinc.com. And we would love anyone to take a look at our website and okay. uh, check the classes out. And then just calling our office. Um, you know, if you're unsure which type of training you would want, because we do have varying courses, sure. uh, you know, at very varying degrees of mm-hmm. training, um, then just to give us a call. And our office number is really wonderful. It's 6801CPR. Oh. 6801CPR. Easy which, to remember. Uh, sure. Six- tra- translates into 1277 seven in the okay. digit world <laughs> but one cpr is one just CPR. so much that's, better that's right that's right eight six six eight zero one cpr yes ma'am love it i hope that people will you know take the opportunity that's available from citizen cpr <laughs> and um, dr hate connie and chuck just thank you thank you so much for your time this morning and just more so for the services you provide our community thanks laura thank thanks you. for having thank us Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications. Truly a community working together to provide an exceptional quality of life. Thanks for listening.